and welcome to the first Morris Call podcast with me, Ollie Wintle, and my good friend, Cheesy Pete Austin. Hello. Hello, Pete. How are you? Very good. And how's your week been? Uh, been okay. Been okay. Been doing everything else that people have been doing in lockdown, I think. You know, uh, growing moustaches and that sort of thing. <laughs> Watching a lot of TV. Excellent. How about yourself? Yeah. Really excited to be doing this, I've got to say, because we've been talking about doing this podcast for... Uh... Well, best part of six months now, haven't we? And we finally actually sat down and taken the time to do it. Exactly. So, uh, it's yeah. Been a while. But uh, yeah, I think we've both we've both been talking podcasts and and thinking about it, and it's uh, culminated in us in us doing it. Um, and I wonder, sort of, whether or not we might be the first ever Morris podcast because I I don't know of another one. It's a possibility. There you go, blazing the trail. Yeah, bringing, the, bring, bring, bringing Morris into the 21st century. Kicking and screaming. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> why can't we just lead it? Can't, why can't we just gently lead it by the hand? Well, yeah, okay, we'll we'll do that. We'll do that. <laughs> um, yeah, it sort of came about, didn't it, as, as one of our, as a result, I suppose, of our... Um, many, many, many phone calls. <laughs> many Morris-based phone calls. Yeah, how often do we call each other? Probably three or four times a week on average, give or take. It's got to be that, hasn't it? And it's it's pretty much exclusively Morris that we're chatting about, really. Yeah, pretty much. And if it's not also heard about Morris in general, it's very specifically about the Nightlow Morris men, of which you are Squire and I am Treasurer for. How, well, we, first, how we first met, wasn't it? Yeah, um, it's our first first common denominator, isn't it, really? Um, I mean, there's been subsequent ones as well. Uh, yes, you know, but the main that, one for us, well, the first time, we the one that actually let, got us together was uh, the Nightlow Morris men. That is absolutely true. I think, to be fair as well, maybe if I provide a bit of background on Nightlow for people listening, because it's going to be central to probably what we're talking about. I dare say Nightlow. Many discussions, yes. Um, But yeah, Nightlow um, was a sort of result of of me discussing starting a a new team with my dad, which isn't a very easy thing to do nowadays. Not talking to my dad. I mean, that's always challenging, obviously. But... uh, (laughs) <laughs> but yeah starting a new team uh, so my dad's david wintle who a lot of people might already know um but yeah basically I was, there wasn't a team in the area that was easy to get to that was practicing on on the night that i had free um because i was running a pub sort of way back when um, yeah when, a very decent pub it was too if i recall correctly um poured a good pint yeah kept a good cellar ran a what can only be described as a terrible business. Yeah, um, but when it comes to pubs, the cellar's the main thing, isn't it? Certainly for Morris dancers. No, it, it turns out money is, which is why it wasn't Aww. any good. Um, well, when, when, when we rise up and throw off our shackles, we'll uh, be a lot happier. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Call so, revolution. Yes, put the call out on Facebook um, about starting a new team. And uh, lo and behold, I, I went downstairs on the allotted night and and there you were yes pint in hand yeah pint. thank you very much for that by the way (laughs) well every little every little helps as they say probably yeah kept the wolf from the door for another week you buying that pint you know you never know (laughs) yeah it was a bloody expensive pint if i remember correctly i will i will point out to the listeners that i'm not currently a publican and that's probably a relief to many people (laughs) fair enough so we better get on with this haven't we because we've got an excited audience out there waiting to hear what we're going to discuss fingers crossed fingers crossed um yeah i suppose this is the continuation of the cheesy ollie bromance really isn't it yes bromance being the appropriate word (laughs) it is a sort of weird morrissey bromance yeah i mean thinking back obviously it's going to our first days with night low was that the continuation of morris for you or was that sort of a first time or was it uh as you say your dad was involved Oh, well, in fairness, yeah, no, I've, I've been involved in dancing for uh, for a long time, for years. Um, but I'd had a, a bit of a hiatus, I suppose, because I was, um, prior to the pub, I was in the prison service. So, because yeah. I'm just thinking you know, back. It didn't, really, start... didn't really work too well. I was just thinking back, we started in 2017, didn't we? And that was only my second full year in Morris. Oh, Nightlow, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, we started Night Low. It was it was only my second full year in dancing. I joined Jockey the year before, 
uh, Jockey Morris yeah. of Birmingham, but... Wow, young in service. Yeah, you could say that. Well, that was going to be my question, actually, was when did you when well, did you start? Because I knew that you were relatively new to it when see, we met, is, but I couldn't is, remember when is, you... This is, this is where the, what's the word, um, problem comes for me. Because technically, if we're talking first contact, it may have actually been when I was about two years old. Because I'm very reliably informed. Um, I have a clothes peg somewhere, courtesy of uh, Chapel on the Frith, Morris Men, the most hyphenated Morris team in the UK, by the way. Um <laughs> I have a peg upstairs, which was given to me by them when we saw them dancing in Matlock or Buxton. I can't remember which one it was many, many moons ago. But um, yes, and I grew up in Tame, which is on right smack bang next to Towsy, for those that know Towsy Folk Festival. So I had regular contact with Morris, but I didn't start dancing until I was uh, 23, 24, something like that. I'd, I'd just moved to... Mother's milk still wet yeah, in your face. Like that. I moved to Birmingham because I'd started with uh, Jaguar Land Rover, which I'm who I'm still working for, by the way. Um, and I was looking for something to do, and I had actually started playing the Melodeon by uh, coincidence. I got to a workshop at the stables in Wavenden with uh, the great Simon Kerr, um, and then I ended up with uh, Jockey Men's Morris over in Birmingham, and um, again never looked back. I mean, um, something of a Morris Tart as it goes uh, with uh, various teams. And currently, amongst other roles, I serve as uh, squire for the Ilmington traditional, sorry, the traditional Ilmington Morris men. I must get that right. And also, you've got to remember the name of your own team. Well, yes, this is is very important, very important. Um, (laughs) Deputy squire for Jockey Morris and also West Midlands area rep for the Morris Ring, amongst other roles. So, uh, yeah, from uh, naught to to, uh, 60 miles an hour in about four years. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, if you, if you sort of uh, stand still any longer, they'll make you squire the ring. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I have no intentions of aspiring that high just yet. That was, I like that just yet, but that caveat <laughs> in there. Well, never say never, you know. But I've heard from loads of people that are terrified of the idea, so. <laughs> but there you go. Well, that sort of leads us quite uh, neatly into the theme of the first podcast, which is obviously an intro to the podcast, an intro for, for both yeah. of us. I'll, I'll do a bit of jabbering about myself in a second and uh, let everybody know who I am as well. Um, and that's what got you into Morris. So we'll, we'll, we've already sort of eased our way in there yep. a little bit. Um, but uh, as for me, I mean, I'll, I'll start by saying there is a, a slight age difference between myself Not and Cheesy. Not that Jesus. much, is there? It's not a huge uh, amount. Oh, it's, I think it's about 16 years. Yeah, me like at 27 that. and you um, at, uh, how was it, 30 typing error. Oh, um, all right, but yeah, so there is a, a little bit of a gap. Um, so I started dancing really as soon as I was allowed to. And when was um, that? Because I've had this... Uh, my first dance out, I can tell you, was Easter Monday, 1990. Nice. Uh, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't even yeah, born at that point. I wasn't even born. You weren't even thought no, of? No, no. Uh, my parents were just married, but I hadn't been thought of as yet. <laughs> no. No, no, or, or or planned or hatched or whatever it was you were. Um, Spawned. <laughs> so, yeah, Easter Monday, 1990. So I, I grew up and uh, my dad was dancing with Forrester Dean, um, which is where we, we're all from, the family's from. Um, and I think, I don't think there was ever a time when I wasn't going to dance. Do you know what I mean? It was it was just something that was naturally going to happen. Was, it was written think, into actually, your uh, destiny, as it were. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it was in the stars, 100%. And and I think Dad kind of clipped my wings a little bit because I would have started sooner because I was 11, well, 10 when I started practicing, 11 at my first dance out, um, which is just giving my age away for anybody with a calculator. <laughs> um, and uh, and yeah, like I say, it was written in the stars. I had, um, I've got twin brothers who are three years younger. And one of my earliest memories is dancing in the living room using nappy liners for anybody that can remember nappy liners as hankies <laughs> um that's brilliant so that was that was me first getting into it but yeah we were out all the time whenever dad that was the sort of family activity i suppose mum never danced but there wasn't any sort of women's morris around the area i don't think at the time um and you know you've got to put it in the context of sort of the 
you know, in the 1980s, I suppose women's Morris was a, was a different thing. You know, it's much more um, out there oh, now, absolutely. isn't it? And, and there's loads of different themes and options and all sorts of stuff like that. But at the time, I think maybe it wasn't uh, as available, certainly in the area. Um, yeah, so I, I started um, waving... Waving nappy liners around in the front room in the 19, 1980s. That's a hell of an origin, origin film um, waiting to be happen, waiting to happen. It is, and then, and then teams I've got on my CV from there. Uh, Dad was a precious metals analyst at the time. Wow. Uh, got called by the Almighty, so we went to theological college in Birmingham, where me and Dad danced with Green Man. And then from Birmingham, his first curacy was in Coventry. Yeah, very nice. Uh, so we danced with Coventry for a bit. Then I went to university in Kent, and I danced with East Kent, and then I came back and danced a bit with Anchor, uh, and then we, we started Night Law. And it's, it's worth and saying Anchor are based sort of uh, in sort of the to... Hinkley Nuneaton area, aren't they? So they're... In Nuneaton, yeah. yeah, absolutely, yeah. So that's the, that's the North Warwickshire uh, chapter of the Morris, yeah, I think. in many respects. It's, 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 it's probably, it's probably worth actually adding, a, um, sorry to just interrupt you, adding a slight addendum that um, I've missed, I missed a few teams on my list. <laughs> Not not to brag or anything, um, but uh, I. Well, no, no. This this is something that I wanted to get out of you. Well, yeah. I don't know if NASA have finished calculating <laughs> how many teams you're in. It's not that bad. I mean, besides Jockey in Ilmington, I mean <laughs> Shakespeare, and uh, what was the other one? Well, Nightlow, yeah. Night Nightlow is the one we have in common. But then there's various other memberships yeah. which I hold. Either we do have two in common. We do, we have, do two have two in common, common, but we'll come on to that in a bit because that's that's. Uh, okay, all right, all right. So I'm jumping, jumping the gun, the gun a little bit in terms gun. of history, but um, I also dance with the Mersey Morris men up in uh, Merseyside. Where else? <laughs> How many is that? I've so this we're up to, up to five now, I think. Four. So it's five. Sha- if you want to see my schedule, it's Shakespeare on Monday, Nightlow on Tuesday, Ilmington on Wednesday, Thursday's my <laughs> night off, and Friday with Jockey. So, so that's, right, that's, okay. no, that's a normal week for me when, when we're actually not practicing normally. Um, but fill in the gaps. Where are the, where are the extra ones? So, Mersey, who practice on the Monday nights, so I don't obviously get with them very much. But I spent a lot of time working in Liverpool, so I got some some time to hang out with them. Um, I also have uh, mm-hmm. the original Welsh border, who only meet once a year. So, it's one of those. It's it's a nice thing to do, but unfortunately, you can't really count it as a regular team. Um, I think that's it in terms of teams that I actually have kits for. That's the thing. It's it's. I was with Birmingham Rapper upon a time, but unfortunately, when I moved down to where I live now, it wasn't really practical to go up there every week, and it clashes with nightly practice as well. So, a uh, bit difficult to do. It's 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 the tart slot that eventually there are going to be teams you have to let down, if very gently. Well, that's going to be my question. I mean, in, in terms of teams that I'm with, I suppose I've got Nightlow. Uh, I I occasionally go out with Anchor when I can. Um, I'm in what I would like to call the practice squad for Earlsdon um, (laughs) because I've not been out yet with them. Uh, Sort of coronavirus has done for my for my debut really with uh, with Earlsdon. Well, it's done for a lot of things, hasn't it? Really horrible shin splints. It's 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 interesting actually. We're going to reflect back on this time and realise how much we actually missed doing all the stuff we did in the course of a normal year. I'm sure that we already, that you must have a sense of that already. Oh, absolutely, but like I think we'll, we'll feel it to... even more keenly when we start doing it again. Well, 2020 will be the last year, won't it, in many respects? Well, true. I th- well, I think a lot of people will feel it when we start oh, back God, up yeah. again. Well, that's why, I'm, amongst other things, actually, I've started taking up running recently to try and sort of uh, build up my um, aerobic uh, endurance, or uh, what's the other one, stamina. So I could t- well, do you know what? That individual statement on its own, I think, will probably generate more feedback once we publish this <laughs> than anything else. <laughs> yes. Well, for the listeners who don't know us, it's probably worth mentioning, uh, me and Ollie, we're not what you would call um, skinny minis, not by any stretch of the imagination. We definitely both come from uh, labouring stock. It's probably, it's probably we, we, we support the dad yes. bod, I think. Yes, That's it, although it? mine is very premature. I have to say, I, I, I don't have any moment. excuse to have a dad bod. <laughs> Well, on average, if you total both of us up, we've got one and a half children each. Oh, that's true. But, I mean, who wants half a child? I mean, it gets very messy. <laughs> well, true, true. Uh, well, neither end is particularly desirable, I suppose, but there <laughs> you are. Or even down the middle. Um, 
no, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, I, th- I think that's that's uh, what do we do? We we haunt the preserve of the of the dad bod, uh, but mine's purely through uh, fashion. Really? <laughs> no, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> um, but there you go. No, I've I've done that thing. I don't know if anyone else has done it. Where um, a couple of weeks into the whole coronavirus thing, you think, "Oh my god, I'm eating rubbish and getting a I bit." I think that's fat. pretty much everyone, so apart I've... from the minority in the shutdown. Well, that's true. Well, I've I've managed to ship a stone and a half. Really, so, so long way that long way that continue. Absolutely. Uh, but given that given this isn't some sort of like weird folky way, no, no, watches, moving, moving swiftly on, um, as they say. Let's, Let's move swiftly on. Yeah, so so I was saying, so I'm I'm night low, occasional anchor, and Earlsden practice yeah. squad. So my question to you today, or one of them, was going to be, how many teams do you need to be in before you earn the title of Morris Tarr? See, this has been something of a because you are. I am one, yes, and proud of it. I'm not going to deny it. It's it, it's something that I wear with great pride, and it's it, it's a honorific I wear with a great sense of um, practice pride because it's one of those it's it's strange thing because before morris and obviously this episode is mainly structured around how we got into morris and um, how people generally come into morris and for me a big part of it is that feeling of being in a team i don't know how it feels for you because i never really did any team sports prior to morris i mean obviously i did stuff at school but no sort of nothing extracurricular I did yeah. PE and that sort of thing, but really, it wasn't until I found Morris that I understood why people enjoy team sports. And obviously, it, Morris okay. dancing is a bit of particular, okay, yeah. what's the word, niche activity when you compare it to football or rugby. But um, for me, it's as much about the social aspect as it is about the dancing. Well, I'd agree with you there. I mean, I think coming from where I come from, being a, a lot of of Gloucestershire stock, albeit the accent sort of well, none of us are perfect. Um, I, <laughs> I was, I, I know where my accent is. It's at Gloucester Services. I get it back <laughs> as soon as we get past there. I'll I tell you what, they, my eyes they a do a very good more. breakfast, Gloucester Services. I've got to say, have you seen the roof on there? Well, I, I, I don't know where we're going. I know. No, we'll, we'll, we'll Let me answer your question before we start talking about service station, service yeah. breakfast. <laughs> um, and yeah, for me, I, I was a keen rugby player. Right. Um, and had been uh, spent sort of several years for different clubs and and all sorts of playing rugby, but I always credit Morris with getting me into rugby yeah. um, because it gave me the foundation of fitness I needed to then go in yeah, and start sense. playing. Because I, I danced before I played rugby, so the, the two sort of gone hand in hand. But um, yeah, I know, I know what you mean about the team ethic. It was it's, it's there's something about Morris which is. Just really accepting, yeah. isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's a community. It's a community that doesn't. What's the word? Um, tend to exclude, in that respect. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, not without its issues. Oh, absolutely, no, no, no. Sort of shy away from the fact that that is no, the thing. but there is a great sense of community, especially when you sort of go to a day of dance and you meet up with other teams and you see people that you might only see three or four times a year, and also via social social well, media you, as well. You know, because obviously this is going to be going out to Facebook and all that sort of thing. And yeah. there's a great community out there, actually. And it's important, actually, to say at this point, from a mental health point of view, there is an awful lot of support out there because a lot of people within Morris understand about mental health issues. Because a lot of them have either experienced it or have people who have gone through it, you know. So from that respect... Well, I think, you know, I've, I've thought about the, the team aspect of Morris a sort of a fair bit. And... You know, I think the fact that there's not a competitive element to it. No, unless you. But you're very much trying to achieve something as a team. Unless you start doing some of the competitions. Really, but then it. again, competitions are very. What's the word? Um, help me out here. Um, well, I think it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? You know, if there's a jig competition or, or anything yeah. like that, then there's still a very accepting kind yes, of air. Yes, it's true. It's, it's and, very, very not, jovial. Not I think that's wins. the term. It's very jovial, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, nowadays, obviously, a lot of them are done by, by Zoom. I think that the John Gasson's going to be done by... Yes, that's, that's one, um, one, one for your by diaries, Zoom. by the way. When was that again? Is it sometime in August? Uh, oh, don't quiz me on that. I, I should the first, week, first weekend uh, in August or second. One of those two, anyway. 
But, uh, I mean, no one's going to go around on Zoom smashing up their front room because they don't win. No, this is true. But then again, you know, I've never heard of anyone so smashing even up... Where they're... I've never heard of anyone smashing up their front room because they didn't win a competition in Morris anyway. <laughs> well, no, no, that's my point. You know, anyway, in any case, I think because there's a non-competitive edge to the idea of achieving something as a group, yes. I think that makes it even more... Um, more accepting and more sort of welcoming. Yes, absolutely. Because you, know? you don't feel like you have to be in competition with anybody else that you're there with. And in fact, I love, you know, you mentioned about Days of Dance and, and bits and pieces like that. That's that's my favourite bit of the year is when we get to, to go out to things oh, yeah. like that because I love meeting the other people. I love I love dancing with other people. I'm a big fan of, of mass dancing. Uh, Dad, on the other hand, Dad, I'll mention that, that uh, my dad is also the foreman at Nightlow. Yeah. Uh, can't stand masks. <laughs> yeah, well, each to their own. Stand, I think like for it. me, again, it's that but... whole thing about sharing that moment, isn't it? I mean, to give some context, I was responsible for a big meeting last year held in Warwickshire, and um, it was organised on behalf of the Morris Ring, who is one of the three main organisations for Morris in the UK. And you had 200 dancers in Stratford-upon-Avon all dancing together. It was a great moment. You know, you can't take away from the fact the sun was shining. I had lots of friends around and it was just a brilliant moment. There's nothing no, like absolutely. it. Nothing like it. I mean, there's, there's, there, might, there, might be, there um, might be comparable things in terms of motion, but no, I, I don't think there's anything you can directly draw a comparison with. No, I, I, you know, I completely agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. Um, and I think, you know, you're all striving for quality in your dancing, obviously, yeah. but you're not. You're not striving against each other. You're striving in exactly the same direction to produce, yeah. um, you know, what is easily one of the most underrated art forms going, I think. Yes, that is very true. It's, it's obviously subject to a lot of uh, ribaldry from uh, various elements in society. And it's, it's probably yeah. it's, 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 well, yeah, it's not about foundation in many respects. It, we are quite an eccentric bunch of people in actual point of fact. That's true, but we, we did sort of gift wrap that whole uh, idea up for an episode later we on. We did, so we'll come on to that later we'll, in the series. We'll ease our way back in. Is there anything else you want to mention about what, what got you into it at all? I mean, I've, I've often wondered if you had any friends or family. That Not directly. It's a good question. I, don't, I can't recall anyone who I directly connected with prior to Morris who I, when you actually did it. It was one of those strange things. It was uh, only when once I joined, I found quite a lot of people actually who hadn't lived far away from where I grew up who were involved in it, which is quite bizarre, yeah. really. But in retrospect, you know, it's I think it's different when you're a teenager because, of course, you've got different priorities as a teenager, haven't you? It's, it's only when you sort of hit your, well, 20s, really, that you start to sort of reprioritize your life and you suddenly think, well, actually, I'd like to do these things that I've been putting off. Or I haven't had the means to well, do. Well, yeah, but I mean, that said, we've got several acquaintances of, you know, late, well, late, early certainly 20s. Certainly now, but when, we, when, we first, when, I, when I first met them, certainly they're in their teens. But I would certainly say to any, yeah. what's the word, teenagers particularly, who come out, come across this, you know, definitely go and have a look at your Morris, local Morris team. Because if you're looking for something different in your life, you know, if you're looking for something to get you around the country to be part of that team feeling, then Morris is a definitely a high high candidate to be looking at. And yeah, okay, you have to wear you, have to, you have to wear funny clothes and you have to wear bells, but not necessarily. Not all teams do that. Some some teams are quite Oh come on, you you love getting I dressed do. up. I know not everyone does. You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's 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 fair to say that not everyone sort of takes pleasure in dressing up in the kit. But again, that can be no, I mean, there, there are teams that have changed their kit to appeal to a younger group as yes, well, Yes, this is they? true. But I think the thing about the kit is, regardless yeah, of what you wear, the uniformity or the apparent uniformity of the kit is, again, part of that team feeling, isn't it, really? It's this whole thing about we are a group, we are a unit, and we will work together when we are in this kit, and even when we're out of this kit. Yeah, a bit of uniformity. Yeah. yeah. But this all sort of, I think, has erupted out of the fact that you've neatly sidestepped my question about how many teams you need to be in to be a Morris Ah, oh, yes, star, yes. Which is, he which said, is he said it's about 15 minutes after he first asked it. Um, we did discuss it, <laughs> and I think the general consensus was anything more than two teams a week 
because you might you okay. might you might right. you might I'll have a that. case where you have um, two teams that have a lot of, uh, for want of a better phrase, cross pollination. And this is certainly true of a lot that's, of teams, yeah, certainly that, that in the Warwickshire happen. area, I can think of. We have a lot of people that um, definitely sort of have more allegiance to more than one team. Well, do you know, when I was um, in, my, in my Morris infancy, yes. if you like, um, the idea of Tartary wasn't, wasn't on the radar. True. Do you know what I mean? True. It would have been really quite unusual for anybody to be in more than one but team. then again, you know, how many teams were there? I think it's a very, what's the word? I don't, I don't know if it's a new phenomenon. Uh, phenomenon. There we go. Get my teeth. That's easy for you to say. <laughs> Steady now. <laughs> um, but I think when you actually start looking around and you realise that um, people are more mobile now and there are questions around that, as you might expect. But um, from my point of view, I live in the Warwick area. Now, within an hour's drive of me, there are, I think, 20 plus teams, you know. So I have, I have, yeah, I have my choice when it comes to what teams I want to go and uh, dance or play music with. But it's one of those things. You do tend to go for ones that you either knew about beforehand or that are local to you. So, for example, with Jockey, I will travel 40 minutes, but they were the first team I went to. And I think yeah. I'd always be loyal to them for that reason. Well, I think you've always said that Jockey's your your home yeah. team, for want of a I think it's worth word, mentioning again, uh, Jockey are based in Birmingham. Uh, they've been dancing for 71 years now. So, um, God, they must be nice. <laughs> um, we <laughs> don't have any surviving members left, as far as I know, from the first uh, cohort, unfortunately. But, um, yeah, it's... Well, you'd be doing really well if you yeah. did. But, I mean, you take Birmingham. You know, Birmingham, there's at least six teams, as far as I know, within the greater Birmingham area alone, you know, in various guises. True. I mean, in fairness, you know, when I'm talking about uh, me dancing as a, as a kid, I suppose Forest of Dean, like I mentioned, were my local yeah. team. Uh, but apart from that, and the next you, nearest would probably have been Lackington yeah, Oak. Over in Gloucester, and I'm yeah. not going to be able to go to Lackington as a ten-year-old, eleven-year-old, yeah. or whatever. So, so, yeah. But even then, I think I still think the concept of Tartary, maybe because I think it would be nice to encourage people to to send us a message every yeah, now and then on, on Morris yeah. School or, or Facebook or, or however. Um, you know, th th answer that question yes. for us. Was was Tartary a thing when you started dancing? We, 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 you we, know, we, do you dance for more than we one? We haven't trip? got any prizes, but uh, you might be asked to come and come, come and do a <laughs> speaking session on uh, one of our future uh, broadcasts. That's it, and and you know what? I think that leads us very nicely on to uh, wrapping up this first yes, session because we have a really uh, good because, section coming up next, uh, haven't we? We do, we do. So we're gonna we're gonna round off our first episode with uh, an interview we're, we're hoping to do this every week and get a, a special guest on uh of of some description or other obviously from the morris world uh and our first guest on our first episode is going to be uh jen cox who many of you will know as uh as the chair of the open morris so I was, I was waiting for you to I, say something I, I, cheesy. I, I, but, I don't know what uh, else I could say. You know, she she is very much chair of the Open Norris. She she is a drink. <laughs> she is a gin drinker. She is very lovely. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you can add to that until we until and, we speak to her. And and self confessed important yes, for the conversation. Self confessed Morris yes. Tart. Very true. So uh, so yeah so I think that wraps up this uh, the first section of the uh, the first podcast. Hope it's going okay so far, and uh, the next voices you hear shall be me and Cheesy and uh, and Jane Cox today, this week's special guest. So here we are with Jen Cox, chair, current chair of the uh, Open Morris. Hello, Jen. Hello, Pete. How's How it going? going? Really good. Very pleased to be here. Thank you for coming along. It's lovely to have you with us. This so, does, I'm just going to interject because it does make it sound as if we're sitting in a studio somewhere where I'm in my kitchen. I don't know where Pete is, but I suspect he's in I'm in my I'm in my kitchen. So, yeah, we are, we are socially distancing, so don't, don't be alarmed. Yes. The wonders of modern technology mean we can have all three of us in the same room while still being a couple of hundred miles apart. Absolutely. <laughs> 
Sorry, I jumped in. Carry on, Pete. You did. You 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 really did there. Uh, so, getting back on topic, how long have you been doing the Morris Gen? Oh, that's a very good question. I joined when I joined the Morris when I was twelve, um, which means I'm coming up for my twenty-five year anniversary. Wow. Um, this autumn. So, yeah. Um, my first practice was the week before my thirteenth birthday. So, which side were you with? Shinfield Chambles was my first side. Because somebody uh, should be baking you a cake for your twenty-five years. I feel absolutely. I I will make that point strongly when, if when if not making cake. a very decorative and festive hat <laughs> out of cake. Well, yes, can can be an option. <laughs> Dual purpose. <laughs> so twenty-five years, Jen. Um, yeah, yeah, it's it's a long old time. In in that time, I've done pretty much everything. Um, I I think all my claims to not be a Cotswold dancer are wearing a little bit thin. Now I'm in two single tradition sides and two teams that dance various other traditions as well. Um, but I do I do think of myself as a border dancer first and foremost. Um, and my one biggest regret in the whole Morris world is that I didn't start rapper dancing at a much, much younger age when I was still fearless. I was going to say, because this is how we first met, wasn't it? When uh, you were dancing with uh, Mabel Gubbins of Oxford. Indeed. And you um, come to our Mabel Day events with... That was it, yes. When I was tommying for the Birmingham rapper. Yeah, and doing a grand job too. Yeah, I've I've only been rappering for um, six-ish years, six and a bit years. Um, um, But my favourite... My favourite piece of Morris trivia is the 10 years that I spent driving past Mabel practice because I lived in the same road, not knowing they were there. Um, driving past Mabel practice um, on a Tuesday night to head to St Albans to dance with Wicket Brood about an hour and a half away. Wow. Yeah, that, that's a big. <laughs> I mean, I love my time with Brood, but that is, that is a big point of self-flagellation right there. <laughs> Fantastic. Do you still live in the same road now? That's the question. Uh, no, I'm a couple of villages away now. Okay. Still closer, though. Oh, yeah, indeed. <laughs> Mabel is actually my closest side, which is ironic, because a lot of other people travel a long, old way to get to Mabel. So um, it's nice to have one sort of on my doorstep. Very much so. Yeah, I mean, if you, if you can't have one on your doorstep, make one on your doorstep. That's what I did. Absolutely. <laughs> so backtracking slightly, then. You said you started Morris Web, but just before you turned 13. Um, who introduced you? Um, I kind of dragged my parents into it. So my parents were folkies and would go to festivals and um, sessions and events like that. And I would see the Morris and they had cake and big sticks and they looked like they were having an amazing time. And um, they were brightly coloured and um, I wanted a piece of it. And I basically nagged my mother until she agreed to take me along. Excellent. Did you get uh, do you get either of your parents starting Morris as well as a result or uh not dancing, no. Um both of them played in the band at various points. Um my mum because she had to take me to Morris ended up as the band leader for a long time. Um and she and I kind of learnt to play the whistle alongside each other through that process as well, which was which was nice. Um but no, neither neither of them are dancers. Um Jenny's a sort of different world at the moment. Um, what with coronavirus lockdown and all that sort of thing. Um, but you still seem to be busying yourself in a, in a Morris way. How are you coping with, with lockdown? What are you, what are you doing Morris-wise? Most of my sides, well, all of my sides have met um, virtually, be it on Zoom or other platforms. And, um, oh, how many of them? About, about half of my teams are having regular meetups and practices. Um, it's working best for step clog because, you know, you can just mute everybody but the musician and everybody practices their, what's effectively a solo dance along to um, the music over Zoom. And then we all um, have a chat and drink some cider. <laughs> um, brilliant. But yeah, there's, there's plenty going on. Um, as well as Tattoo, Rock Copper have been dancing recently and we've actually written a jig, which is quite exciting. Awesome. Oh, have you got a name for it yet? No. No, nothing that organised. Suggestions <laughs> on a postcard. And I say, I say we. Um, I should probably credit MJ because it's her brainchild. So. And MJ Searle has written us a jig, but it's, it's most awesome and involves lots of kicking. Nice. Ex- excellent. 
So how many of your teams um, or how many practices have you currently got of a weekly basis, do you think, with your, with uh, on a digital platform? Right. So uh, practices is a, a loose term, which I will also apply to um, lockdown quiz challenges and and the like. So uh, two on a Monday, one on a Tuesday, one on a Wednesday, two on a Thursday, uh, two on a Sunday and one ad hoc-ish kind of as we as we need to kind of eight and a half yeah so the question question I asked cheesy yesterday because obviously he's a good person to ask this question to is as you are a self-confessed morris tart oh yeah how many teams makes you a tart where's the tipping point oh you see i think the first time you end up dancing with a team that you kind of aren't a member of but you get nobbled onto it because everybody knows you're a tart is i think that's the tipping point i don't think it's a numerical thing i think it's a state of mind um, okay. so you think when you're co-opted onto a, another team yeah i think i think when you're when you're embroiled enough that you get um nobbled to join in with something at an event or what have you when you're not there dancing or when you're with another team i i think that's that's the state of mind i think that's the um the likelihood of that happening is what makes you a dyed in the wool tart because <laughs> i'm sure that i'm sure that's the thing that's happened to a lot of people i think that's a way better answer than yours pete it's true and i have also that has happened to me <laughs> and... what, what was your answer well my answer was two plus because my argument was that um without going to in too specific detail you can be in two teams and you can have some overlap between two teams, but if you start going into three or more teams, then that chance of that is a lot less. So that was my logic to that. Yeah, also good logic. Also good logic. I mean, a, a good few of my teams, like Tattoo and Borderline, there really isn't anybody in those teams apart from one or two people who isn't a member of another team with other members of the same team as well. So it's it's definitely a kind of a network especially in Berkshire, where um, the Morris density is very high. Well, we were talking about Tartary in the first section, and one of the things I mentioned... That was surprised me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I started, um, Tartary was, was unheard of. Um, I'm uh, 30 years man and boy now, and um, but I didn't know if that was just a geographical thing, so that's an interesting point you raised, because I started with Forrester Dean, mm. an 11-year-old, so my next nearest team would have been Lassington, which is in Gloucester. There's no hope of me getting there on my own. Yeah. So maybe I just wasn't conscious of Tartary. I don't know whether it was a thing when you when you started, maybe. Um, not so much when I started. I think I think possibly in the last um maybe ten years around here, there more and more teams have, have sprung up. Borderline's now uh what, eleven years old, twelve years old, um, and customs obviously are a bit newer as well. Um and teams like my other teams like Lepton, etc., who um and Sharp and Blunt, um, the ladies Adderbury team who are kind of within that last ten year bracket, I think um I think the density of Morris population around here has increased significantly in the last ten years. Um but have I mean having said that, I remember I remember being fourteen or fifteen and watching people change kits at Ales and thinking Wow, that's ambitious. Even I don't do that. <laughs> oh yeah, my my worst my worst tart moment was um, the Sharp and Blunt Ale a couple of years ago when I had Mabel there and Lepton and and S and B and um, all three of those kits involve a white shirt and black trousers, but different white shirts and black trousers. <laughs> fantastic and i basically spent the entire evening in the corridor in the state of semi-undress and hardly got to enjoy myself at all and i don't recommend it <laughs> no no it's it, it is one advantage of morris kit though that a lot of teams do favor a white shirt or blouses the top half of their kit at least so there is some what's the word a leeway there yeah absolutely unfortunately i uh, my wardrobe was not planned to that extent for that evening <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant! So there you go. Top top tip for any tart listening. Well, yeah, the frustration being I just, a nightlow man with uh, Pete out when he's dancing for jockey because, of course, they wear white trousers and we wear black. Aside from yeah. that, you could swap. 
yes, I could, but I don't, for obvious no, reasons. There is such a thing as being overly ambitious. Well, obviously not. Look at Jenny, for goodness sake. Well, this is true. I mean, you're asking me, how have NASA computed how many teams I'm in yet? Well, yeah, that's true. But oh, really? next, next, next to Jen, I am a mere stripling. That's true. That's true. Well, I think, was it for the first Lone Morris Festival, we dressed in a bit of each team's kit? Do I remember that? Yeah, I did. I, I couldn't decide what to wear, so I thought I'd go for a tiny little bit of everything. And I actually think I ended up looking remarkably normal. I can say, it looked really cool from where I was sitting. Maybe that's the future. Maybe, indeed. Maybe everybody should just turn up in some sort of kit representing every team they're in, regardless of where they're going. Could get it, interesting. it would certainly save the, those embarrassing moments when you turn out in the wrong kit by mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm safe to say I've never done that yet. <laughs> no, I haven't either, actually. <laughs> I bet you will, though, Pete. If anyone's going to do it, I'll, I'll put a five no, on you. Don't, don't, don't. It's, it's, it's too horrible to think about. <laughs> <laughs> I've come out with my hankies, which, of course, is a cardinal sin in Morris, <laughs> in Morris especially in Cotswold, Morris. Well, yeah, it's not really that worrying in Northwest, is it? No, I suppose not. Mm, I, I think it's the uh, the Morris equi- equivalent of that um, recurring nightmare where you're naked in a lecture yes. or something. You look down and you're wearing the wrong kit. Improperly in- dressed on parade. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favourite team that you don't dance for? Ooh, that's an interesting question. And don't 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 swing your favour because of who you're talking to. We 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 won't judge you, not in the slightest. <laughs> Pete, we we're not going to be in the top ten, mate. Don't worry about that. No, I know, I know, but it's nice to dream. We're not in my top ten. <laughs> <laughs> Joke. <laughs> Lol. Nice. Um, that's a very very interesting question. Not something I'd actually considered, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> I do have a little bit of that anti-snobbery thing going on where I'll appreciate a team for their kind of gusto more than their more than their attitude especially if they know they're good um but I the next team on my list to join put it that way is Mortimer's Morris the um Northwest team from Nottingham because um their kit and their music and everything is just fabulous and they seem like they're having a, a cracking time so they're pretty high on my list I'll have to look them up because I've never heard of those guys. They sound brilliant. Mortimer's. You must have done. You must have seen them. They've probably seen them around, but you know how it is. Um, they have black skirts and green and purple kind of ribboned waistcoats. See, the problem is you say that and I think customs and exiles, and it's definitely not customs and exiles. No, no. <laughs> that no, no. Yeah, like yeah, yeah look, look Mort's up. They're smashing. So I was just saying, that does sound like a hell of a commute there, Jen. Well, I mean, it's it wouldn't technically be my longest. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> when you're when you're a tart, such numbers become mere details. <laughs> yeah. Well, sorry, who is the longest? Who's the furthest? Um, Enigma in Somerset. So uh, my my dad lives on the Dorset Somerset border, and oh, okay. um, I go down to visit him and dance with Enigma, um, a side that was started by uh, someone who is a now country member of borderline um and there are a couple of borderline members in enigma as well who've also moved down there for various um marital reasons and um yeah it's 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 a really lovely team to be an occasional member of because they're all completely barking mad and very very lovely um so going down to see them is that drive is not a chore it's like two and a half hours and i wish it were practical to get down there for a practice night and back again but it's just that tiny bit too far unfortunately yes i know the feeling <laughs> <laughs> oh i think this is an easy one to answer then what's your favorite drink jen gin were you ever in any doubt absolutely or, not or the gin <laughs> but we'll just throw these questions like these out there just sort of show more human element to you not, <laughs> not that it doesn't need doing of course but there you go yeah what are you yeah, implying no. Any, any self-respecting rapper dancer these days? This is very true. Sounds it's quite reasonable. It, it's, it seems to be Wasquid, very much a, a culture of uh, bootleg gin, if you find the right people. <laughs> or certainly, <laughs> what's the word, a hip flask gin anyway. Yeah, definitely. What's the priority, dancing or gin with a rapper team? Oh, dancing. But uh, 
exactly the right the holy grail of rapper is exactly the right combination of the two it's all about ratio yeah you you need just enough dutch courage to throw yourself at it without caring about the skin on your knuckles and (laughs) little enough of it in your system that you've got a chance of retaining the skin on your knuckles through your own (laughs) skill Yes, yes, I should say the point to feel no pain is the ultimate goal. <laughs> so, how's about um, where do you see Morris in ten years' time? So, as it is, do you think it's going to be any different, or? Um, I think there will be subtle changes, subtle, subtle cultural shifts, like we've seen in the last five to ten years um, towards without making any particular allusions towards political correctness and um, towards more inclusivity hopefully and um, I think I think the impact of lockdown is going to be huge as well I think um, the kind of technology and cultural impact of having to reinvent our our hobby for however long this is going to last is is incalculable incalculable as yet um and it'll be very interesting to see what emerges in terms of events in the future and um people's um willingness to adapt and hopefully survive bigger and better do you think there's any positives that can be um brought out of lockdown do you think there's a, a possibility for sort of refreshing and reinventing and, and maybe even i'll say it with bated breath but recruitment even yeah 100 um i think that the technology and the kind of the possibilities that have been opened up to us um i'll, I'll throw bunnies out as an example it had never occurred to us before that we could skype our members in new zealand um during practices but we're sure as damn it likely to do it every time we get together now in the future um and um much joy we'll have of it because um new zealand's a long way away and expensive to get to but as i say we hadn't thought that it was possible but it's been fabulous being able to access that through zoom mostly um and i think the i think the possibilities of um, recorded content and remote access and actually the accessibility from a um, with a small work hat on from a disabled and um, um, enabling point of view that um, events such as Kaylee's and concerts etc being streamed and given out over the internet um, I think kind of remote workshopping etc suddenly becomes possible um i've been clog workshopping a lot in lockdown um toby bennett tiny taylor and hannah james um eminent and wonderful clog dancers are all offering workshops remotely and um that's been a that's been a great joy and a great challenge as well um so yeah i think i think that sort of um learning particularly that's been suddenly enabled is is going to be a great thing and hopefully will be carried on i think that's the the next challenge isn't it to have a, a team that's got one dancer on each continent and a musician on a on the seventh <laughs> <laughs> challenge accepted <laughs> well, well i mean go, if, if... go for a several counties at the moment but I'm just thinking, I reckon I could certainly, given given some time, manage that with European countries. I don't know about worldwide, but certainly I reckon you could probably do it with most of the major major European nations if, if you gave it enough time. Yeah. Which would be various yeah. expat communities. Absolutely. It seems it seems possible. Well, there Anything possible in this new wonderful to, world. Pete's managed to set himself his own homework for this week. <laughs> Not on your Nelly. I've got other things to do. <laughs> So, Jen, anybody who's uh, been following you or seeing you recently on uh, Facebook will probably have noticed that you're sporting a rather funky new hairstyle. Funky uh, the word, yes. An awful lot like mine. Um, but I wondered if you wanted to let us know what it's all about. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah. So um, I've always wanted to shave my head and I thought a really good excuse to do it would be as a fundraiser for um, one of the centres that I use with the young people I work with. Um, It's a place called Tomley Hall, which is um, 
an accessible um, safe space basically for um, people of all ages with all abilities and disabilities and they offer they offer so much in terms of facilities and sessions and engagement and um, and just a safe atmosphere for young people and those with disabilities um, and I was worried about them as lockdown hit because they are a charity run by donations and um, the money made, they make for themselves so I um, decided that I was going to shave my head to raise money for them and I was completely overwhelmed by the response to my fundraiser it's, it's sitting at just under two grand at the moment which is just mind-boggling um, I'm so grateful to everyone who's donated um, and I rather like the hairdo and I might keep it Oh, the skin's in. <laughs> so you but say, Ollie. I say generously. You try it, Cheesy. Well, possibly. Maybe next year. But um, I have to. I, I agree with you 100% because Tomley's not far from where I grew up and my brother worked there for a couple of summers. So, yes, fully support you on that. It's, it is a brilliant little uh, place and, yeah, some great work going on. I have, yeah, to, I have to ask though, how many people who donated were of Morris uh, extraction, one way or the other? Do you reckon? Oh, um, well over half, I would say, were kind of folkies and people I knew through Morrissey folkiness. Um, yeah, uh, it's not something I'd actively tried to tried to look out. Um, a couple of my relatives refused to sponsor me because they didn't want me to go bald. <laughs> Oh dear! No well, there, there, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is a what's the word? Uh, Quasi Morris fact. We are very soft-hearted people when it gets down to it. Well, I think uh, the important question now is: Should anybody listening feel like they might want to help you just get just over two grand instead of just under it? How on earth would they go about it? Um, my fundraiser is linked to off my Facebook. I could send you the link if you would like. We'll make sure, yeah, you can do that. We'll make sure it goes on the uh, post when we put it out. Oh, smashing. Thank you. Definitely. If we've got room, we'll put it in the episode description as well. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, Jen, thank you very much for talking to us. Our first ever guest on our first ever, you know, amateurish, but, you know, ambitious podcast. First oh, of many, you. we hope. Thank you very much for having me. It's very exciting to be involved and I might be making a little bit of history. You never know. Are you going to come back? That's the question. Oh, I'd love to. Excellent. Excellent. I shall certainly listen avidly. All right, brilliant stuff. Well, Jane Cox, Chair of the Open Morris, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Morris Call podcast, hosted by Ollie Wintle, Cheesy Pete Austin, and with special guest Jen Cox. All music supplied by the brilliant Will Pound, we hope to make this a regular thing, so why not join us in a couple of weeks when hopefully we'll bring out episode number two. No animals were harmed in the making of this episode. <laughs>